Wana asikiwe just with a friend of mine and I was telling him the first time I was invited to speak here was 1983 when it was a diploma college. So I just realized that I was driving in. I've been coming for the last 40 years. Some of the people that used to be the CU and the diploma college are now own wazes in their sisters. And I'm happy to come back and find a new generation. You know, sometimes you, you have to know that the people you spoke to today are long gone. The people you are speaking to is another generation. The topic you have invited me, I could not have been invited to speak about the debaters. So it's not a big debate, it was not a big issue. So our that generation had issues with God dealing with, but it was not about homosexuality and things like that. Now in my generation, you have some things that have gone well and others that are quite a problem. So that this topic of abandoned sexuality is not an academic subject. It's real. Am I right? Is it a new subject? Yeah, it's something that you, are, you people in your generation, you are dealing with. And it's a very unfortunate thing. However, I want to start saying I do not want you to start regarding People with LGBTQ as doing more things than heterosexual people. Sin is not about how you do it. Sin is about doing something God has not allowed. So if somebody is sitting here and they are sexually active and they are not married, they are as evil as homosexuals. No worse, no better. And since all sin will take people to hell, when they are in hell, it will not matter that for them to just uh, just a protection. And this was homosexual. They will be the same hell, same temperature. I'm not communicating. <laughs> so I want that settled out. Don't start looking at people who are homosexuals as more sinful than the ones that are in campus, and yet they are involved. In, in fact, people argue, but we are two consenting adults. I'm a second year, she is a first year, we have agreed, we are both born again, and we have just agreed we are married. It's only we are doing it fast forward. Now, you need to understand, <laughs> you need to understand that the moment you have sex with somebody before you make a long term commitment, you are a sinner. Am I communicating? That needs to be understood. Your generation has very interesting things. Because of this homosexual business being so difficult or so terrible according to people, it has come to the level where two Christians in the Christian Union have sex and although they are little sorry, it's not a big deal. In fact, the new definition of a girlfriend is a sexual partner. And they are both active in the CEO. They are in the leadership. They are your, and yet, because it's my girlfriend, what does it mean to be a girlfriend? You are new definition for a girlfriend. Is a sex? Perfect. I know that because not too long ago, my wife and I were, were invited in one of the campuses, actually this year. And we are staying Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because there's a graduating class 
whether to have a lot of time in that. So we spoke on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday. We had a lot of time in that, in that university. So we had time for questions. And we emphasized the same thing we are emphasizing about sexual morality and its dangers, and what God says about it. During question time, one of the questions that came, I would tell it from a girl, was asking about, but is somebody that bad? Because I said something like, if you are a Christian girl, and you have a Christian boyfriend, and he asks you for sex, don't negotiate, drop him like a hot potato. Because he's not a Christian. A Christian would never, a Christian can be tempted, but he cannot come to verbalize it. I want to have sex with you. In other words, I say, I'm going to hell, can you join me? Now, you need to understand something. A person, remember, I many people are tempted, but this one has gone to the level of openly telling you, I'm going to hell. Because there's no way you tell you to have sex with him unless he wants to go to hell. I'm not communicating. Because the scriptures are clear. So the moment a young man they ask you for sex, or behave in a manner and suggest he wants sex, you understand he's a wrong person to be in company with. And if you continue in the company with him, my sister, you are soon going to get sexually involved. Without the full intention of remaining a virgin. It will not happen. For three reasons. Number one, you love him. Number two, you do not want to lose him. You want reason number three? I'm talking to sisters. You want reason number three? Yes. You are not a stone. You are a human being. And initially you may not feel the need. But if he works on you, you will soon want sex. So now you don't even go to help you. You will be the one welcoming you. Because you allow yourself to go to where even if you want it. I'm not going to get it. But it all began by keeping company with the wrong person. First Corinthians 13, verse 23 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company cause good morals. And if you continue as a girlfriend of a guy like that, it's called bad company. And it doesn't matter how good you are, my sister. You will soon be involved in sex. For those three reasons. Have I, have I explained my reasons? Do they make sense? That's why when a boy asks you for sex, you don't negotiate. That's the relationship. You cannot. Let me give you a fourth one. Maybe three are not convincing. When a boy asks you for sex and is not married to you, he is admitting that he is sexually out of control. He can't control himself because he might have trouble. Now he is out of control. If you marry the boy, you think the controls will come because you're married to him. Remember, practice makes perfect. So if he is having sex with you and you go for a course in London, by the time you come back, you'll have done with somebody else. And then your sister, you knew even though you know, okay, I could hold it. Now, you are doing it for three months. How was I supposed to hold it? Am I communicating? That a boy who wants sex when you are single will want sex after you are married. And you might sometimes not be available, and you have sex with somebody else. So you need to understand 
that this subject is a subject that is very important, very important for all of us. And it's not just about perverted, perverted uh, sexuality. It's simply about immorality. Whether it's homosexual or there's two Christian, two Christians having sex with one another, a girl and a boy, they are equally sexually immoral. And I told you both of them will go to hell and in the same hell cell, that needs to come out very clear. And I thought I need to come out very clear right in my introduction. I've divided my, my talk into three sections. First part I'll give during the first service. The second part I'll give during the second service. And the third part I'll give you the third service. You have agreed with the civil secretary, it's going to be recorded. Then I hope in, I don't know how many days you need to put it where the others can. And so once you hear the first service, please go to the website, is this website? To look for the other recording. What is it called? YouTube. Okay, go to YouTube. By when? By Tuesday? By Wednesday? By Tuesday. Give him enough time. By Tuesday, you go to the website to find part two and part three. And, he, and when you meet the people who went to the second service, remind them. They don't know what I do. So they also have to go to YouTube. Isn't that fair? So if, because if I repeat the same thing and the topic is very long, then I'll not cover it fully. Are we in agreement? Yes. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm going to do. So I'll give you first part, and then I'll continue. However, each part is complete in itself, because I'll repeat certain things. So that, in the end, when you don't want to get the other two parts, the message is clear. Remember, I have three, uh, three, three things I'm trying to achieve. Number one, I want to achieve that you cannot be a Christian and be sexually immoral. That's a message I'll repeat in all the three services. Number two, that, and then to be understood, that immorality, where it involves perverted, perverted sex, is basically you are in prison, you are getting to a corner of the prison. In other words, if you are sexually immoral, you are already wrong. But you actually go to perverted, perverted sex. You are really your own life. And I want to emphasize that. But the third point is that we have a God who is able to rescue us from addiction of sex. You know, people think you can only be addicted to drugs. Some people are addicted to sex. And from the way I'm talking, I'm trying to imply men are one addicted. No. My friend, my, and I'm not talking to brothers, be aware. Certain sisters are addicted to sex. And although they are in the Christian union, if you keep their company, you will not go to marriage as a virgin. I mean, called virgins. I don't know whether the Lord virgin is not about women. What about men who stay without sex until the wedding day? Are they called virgins? What are they called? Okay, whatever they are called. Now, if you want to stay holy before the Lord until after the wedding, there are certain girls you have to totally avoid because they are sexually immoral. And you can see them. Some of them will come to your room <laughs> with a dress that is too low from above and too high from below. Now, once you see them, and they are sisters in the Lord, they love the Lord, but they are coming to your room, and they, are likely, they know they are likely to find you alone. <laughs> and they come, will you come with a friend? 
Listen, you look at them and you don't know where to look. Now, because it's too high, it's too low from above, and too high from, and she sits. And you remember your room. If you sit, yes, you sit on a bed, am I right? And the trouble is, when you sit on the bed, the short breath becomes even shorter. And that's exactly what this is this after. She's very simple. She is clear. She wants sex. She wants to put you in the trouble. Such sisters, you drop them as quickly as possible. When you have a brother who is a Christian but is behaving in a manner as put you in the sex, my, my sisters, they have misspelled the word brother. When the, in the word brother, you look the middle eye, what do you become? A brother. And their brothers sitting here who have removed the middle one, they have become brothers. And there are some sisters who don't know how to spell the word sister. They move the final letters and become sinners. Now you need to understand the moment you know somebody is like that, you need to be careful not to keep company with them. That's what I'm going to be repeating in all the three services. We will be looking at the, the fact that man is sinful and in need of salvation. We'll look at a few things about sexual morality. I was very quite a bit of time on LGBTQ. And we'll talk about how to respond to people who are LGBTQ. You know, I want to go right to the beginning of how sinfulness starts. So if you don't mind, I hope, I, hope, I don't know whether you are projecting my, my notes. I send my notes in advance. So, what I'm reading is not a confidential. You should also be able to, to see it. So if you're able to, if you're able to project it, you can project it. Um, Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafted than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? To enter in perfected sex, it all begins by the devil putting doubts. If we are really bad, if I feel like sleeping with another man, what's really wrong about it? Oh, it is, it is you are married, you are not yet married. What about if I marry you? I'm a man, I marry another man. Should that make it better? The moment the devil puts doubt in you, that's what he did with him. In other words, he's not denying God has the right to command you. But is this what he's saying? And nothing has changed. He puts that in me. Is it really wrong to have sex with my boyfriend when we love each other? That's a question I was asked in that university. In fact, the question was, how do I drop him and I know he loves me? <laughs> in other words, if the boy loves you, it's okay to go to hell. At least you will go both of you. Now, you understand? Look, he's not denying that the guy is one sex. But he's saying, what about if he actually loves me? In other words, the love of a boyfriend is more important than the love of God. I know God loves me, but this boy loves me. If I drop him, how, how, how do I continue with the life? That boy is no longer just a, a boy. He has become a God. And he's a greater God than Jehovah. My God is it. That's why you can't drop him. And many people end up in sex. Nobody, the devil doesn't even go. He puts a doubt in you. I know this brother 
is maybe it's God to blame. Now, why did he give brothers with a desire for sex? So, the moment you do that, the devil is back to how he treated. He makes you doubt God's command. And please, note what he is asking. He is saying, the devil is asking, you must you not from eat from any tree of the garden. Obviously, we have read earlier. There were the instructions were not that you could not eat from any tree. Is it anything? Now that's what means. Can you see how the devil clever he is? He misguides it so that God looks crazy. How can you give us food trees? And you tell us not to eat them. God looks like there's something wrong with him. And the same thing when you are going to perverted sex, you start thinking God does not mean what he says. You make it look like God is a, a spoiler. He wants us not to enjoy sex uh, with the people we with the people who want to have sex with. God is interfering with our freedom. When you begin at that level, you will soon be doing things that are not right. Just look at verse 2. The man said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God, you say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Now, the devil misquoted. Eve has he already misquoted. Had God said you cannot touch the tree? You know your scriptures. Had God commanded man not to touch that tree? It was not to eat the fruit. He never talked, talked about touching. But now the woman, the woman has actually got in the trap of the devil, misquoting scriptures. My friend, I'm here to tell you that you can be a Christian and discover yourself in perverted sex. The moment you start misquoting the scriptures or misinterpreting the scripture. Maybe as you skip all the way to verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sealed fig trees together and made coverings for themselves. Please note, three things the devil used to get you into sin. Number one, the tree was good for food. Number two, it was pleasing to the eyes. Number three, it was going to help him gain wisdom. You know how to ask yourself, if I, if, if, if I have sex with her, I know this is their cordons. I will use cordons and she cannot get, she is not going to get any disease. I will not get any disease. Number two, she can't get pregnant. And I will feel nice. It's good for food. I will feel nice. My friend, the moment you are driven by pleasure, you may not be here in sin, but you should be there. We don't do things because of pleasure. Psalms 37, verse 4. Delight yourself in the Lord and you'll give you the desires of your heart. Desires of your heart. Not your flesh, but your heart. Why? Because your heart desire should be to make God happy. So the moment you start seeing feeling like you have a right to pleasure. And pleasure, your pleasure becomes the driving force you will soon discover yourself doing things 
which you could not have imagined you would do. You need to come. A Christian is a totally different person. A Christian is a person who has chosen himself to become a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. As of the Lord Jesus. That means what I do, I don't do it because I have, because I want pleasure. I do it because I want to honor God. So it means I cannot do something good for me, but you give with me trouble. I don't know my book, my I have written a book called Integrity. The little massive uh, test of leadership. A lot of the corruption issues you see, they start from, from if I don't, I do consultants work, I retire, I don't come about, I do consultants work. So I'm good for a business. And then the person says, can we talk? Now I think that if we talk, I'll be able to get the money, I'll win the contract, get the money, I'll be able to tighten more, I now can go to more colleges. God, it makes sense. My driving force is becoming the money I'll get. I'll end up in corruption. And the same thing with text. You need to come to where your driving force is to honor the Lord. But as you honor the Lord, Psalm 37 verse 4 is saying, He is going to meet your heart's desire. In other words, you want to be in marriage so that you can be a team to serve the Lord. But in the process, there will be sex. Sex is not the driving force for marriage. It is that you want to make a team to serve the Lord. Am I clear? So it's need to, what, the moment you have the wrong, the wrong reasoning, like they have here, oh, it's good for good. Oh, I enjoy seeing it. Those are the same rules. Oh, if I see it now, I feel nice. Good for food. Oh, but you know the way she dressed. Ah. I don't, I don't, I can't, God understand the way she dressed. Good to see. And then obviously, if I'm seeing in the company of this girl, he is figure eight. No, she's such a good girl. I will think, everybody will think I'm great. And that's the way you end up in sin. Um, and we can, the other problem that comes out of that thing is thinking that God is not seeing you. So, you know, they did it, they ate the fruit. When God came, they were hiding. Somebody called it hiding in plain sight. Why? God is omnipresent. Omnipresent means He is everywhere at the same time. Is there a place they could hide in the garden? No. You, so, and that's how you end up in sexual immorality. You feel like nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. They cannot even manage. In fact, last night you are involved in it and you are leaving the service now. You know, last night you are doing it and you are giving your testimony. You, because you know nobody except the two of you, nobody knows. You don't know. You do not believe righteously for the audience of this. If this was cannot tell, but God was revealed. There are three people who saw you doing it. God, the devil, and, the, and you, okay, you are God. The four of you. But God is aware. You cannot hide from God. And the moment you are conscious of God's presence with you anywhere, you will never end up in sexual sin because you are with Him. But these people thought, Adam and Eve thought they can hide. Oh, I saw, I saw you come and I hid. That shows you a lack of understanding of who God is. A God you can hide from. It's not worth worshiping. God is giving every corner you can go to. And then next, 
the land housing continues. Because you are in the fallen. But instead of rising, you are trying to hide. No. My brother and some of you are seated here. If you are going to be sexually active, the solution is not to say I'm holy. The solution is to say, God, I am sinful. Forgive me. I, on my own, I can't manage. But on from to this meeting, I want to stop. It's called secondary, secondary virginity. In other words, I lost the first virginity. But from now until the wedding day, I will never again be involved in sex. Help me, God. And he's a forgiving God. It does not matter that you are involved in sex. If only you repent and not hide. And you tell God forgive you. He will forgive you. And why I call it sacred virginity? It's because God will treat you like you have never seen. It's true, you are telling me. You are going to say, how can Akeko cheat us? I saw her. It's true, you saw her. But Akeko has repented. Akeko is gone to heaven. Since the kind of heaven, irrespective of the sin. That's what Adam did not understand. That the pain of dealing with your sin, if you admit it, 1 John 1 8 and 9. If you think you're not sin, you are lying to yourself because God knows the truth. Instead, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Our unrighteousness includes perverted sex. Am I right? So it, you know, it's, it's part of it. But the solution is admit it. And remember, repentance is not feeling sorry. Repentance is treating what you did as wrong. Number two, as wrong to God. Number three, committing yourself never to repeat it. In other words, repentance, it is not repentance if you intend to repeat it. I'm not going to Repentance is when you say, I have done it, I am wrong, I have no intention with your help. What about doing it again? It means if you have been meeting my girlfriend in my room, who will not be meeting at the, at the at somewhere where everybody can see us. Next time you come to my room, I will leave the door wide open. Then you say, what's wrong with you? Why are you leaving the door open? Because I don't want the devil to come when you come. Now, you need to understand, that means you have made a commitment to walk in righteousness. And I'm calling you a secondary, but you will be a virgin before God, because he cleanses you. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And it's important. But that's what these people did. They were hiding. And in verse 12, the man said, The woman who put here with me, she gave me some of it. The woman said, The serpent received me. In other words, some of you, instead of repentance, you say, But God, you know, it was not me. I think I insisted. But he kept pushing. God was like to do. The truth is, according to the scriptures, if somebody tries to sleep with you against your Lord, you shout. In fact, the Old Testament, they say, was there, was there, was it within a hearing distance of anybody? If it was, how come nobody had you shouting? If you actually ended up in sex, although you are saying no, some brothers think no means yes, that God is not English. Now, you need to understand. You need to understand. When it comes to issues of sex, when your boyfriend is pushing, you don't start. <laughs> no, you're getting something hard enough. 
for him to wake up for his own sake. You are not slapping him so that he goes to hell. You are slapping him so that he goes to heaven. Because if you continue, you also be insane. Find a way of waking him up from his sinful sleeper and find a way of coming out of the room. Oh, he might never have me again. My friend, please understand. Where your boyfriend was manufactured, the factory is zero. God is still manufacturing other boys. Am I communicating? You should never be okay. If I lose this sister, where is the idea of Don't you know the manufacturer? still in business. So when that job drops, be aware the manufacturer is still at work. Am I communicating? So you don't, you don't, you don't have. So that, that's what happened. This lady uh, and this gentleman are passing on the back. Instead of admitting, they see the other person. But you know the dress she was wearing. God was like, was I, I'm human. What was I to do? The two days, you saw it. And after you saw it, you knew there might be trouble. Instead of running away from your room and leaving her there, you continue looking at her short dress. You are as guilty as charged. Don't know that of course you go to hell for our purpose for, for putting you into sin. But you'll also be in the same hell. You'll be asking whether it was you and you. But you'll be in hell, same temperature. It will not matter who started it. So you need to come out. Don't be like Adam and Eve thinking he did, she did. It will never matter. Both of you are equally guilty. And the only solution is coming to repentance. And that would be something that is important. Let me ask a question. But why is there so much immorality? This thing is actually terrible. Because it is there in church. We are pastors. Have you heard of pastors involved in morality? And sometimes the, the lady coming is a lady who has been, had a problem with the husband. She is coming for advice. She ends up being involved in sex. You know, the, the, the pastor is so nice, he really wants to comfort you. He even moves you inside of the desk to come to hold you so that you can cry in his arms. You will cry enough, he will comfort you enough, and you end up in sin. Why? How come sex, perverted sex also, is everywhere? Why is it happening? Number one, I think one of the causes is the breakdown of uh, marriages. Some of you, you come from broken homes. So sometimes you wonder, is it worth marrying? But the trouble is, you say, is it worth marrying? And yet, you want sex. So, and you see, according to the scriptures, the only way you can have sex is to get married. But you wonder, is married worth marrying? Why? Your parents married. Please understand something. You and your parents are two separate people. You need to understand that the fact that your marriage of your parents broke does not determine that you are also break. You are a Christian. God loves you. If He calls you to marriage, you keep the marriage. Then all the same thing I can give testimony because I got married at age 29. This was 45. 45th year together with Rebecca. And I know the Lord can make the marriage last. So do not say no to sex. And if God has called you to marriage, you give your marriage partner, you'll be in that marriage, not for five years, 
like us or their own, but for your lifetime. So it's important to understand that a lot of immorality is coming out of, I can never marry, but I want sex. My friend, if you want sex, you want marry. If you want marry, you want sex. The two are inseparable. Because the moment you separate them, you will soon get separated. So you need to understand, if I don't want money, I also don't want sex. Others say, but you know, I've mother instance. I like a child. So you feel like I want sex, not for pleasure, but so that you get pregnant. My friend, to be a mother means to be a wife. If you don't want to be a wife, do not want to be a mother. The two are inseparable. And you need to understand it is God's intention that we be married. Do not listen. It is true, many marriages are broken. But to us, it's not everybody's marriage. You are a child of God. Pray that God will give you a brother who loves the Lord. Pray that God will give you a sister who loves the Lord. So that the two of you will be together according to God's dictates. And that will be very important. You know, the church that has well, that showed that 60% of the people who turned out to be virgins came from civil homes. So I'm admitting that coming from, from broken homes predisposes you towards sexual immorality because you doubt about marriage. However, you need to understand the Bible tells us when we become a Christian, according to 1 Corinthians 5.17, we have become a new creation. The old has passed. It just means that don't tie yourself. Oh, but you know, my mother's sisters are all single mothers. It is true, but you are not everybody. You are uniquely a child of God. And it's important to understand that. Um, but I think the real problem is that the Bible um, worldview is not our worldview. We are in church, but our worldview is not a biblical worldview. And we are starting to see things the same way as the world. We have what I'm calling Christless Christianity. Christless Christianity. I was in America some, some 20 years or so ago. And I was very, not more than 25, 20 years, must be 1990. And uh, somebody offered me, what do you want to have? I, I said, what? Which coffee? He said, do you want decarbonated? I said, what is decarbonated? I'm not having Decarbonated coffee. So he is coming without caffeine. Say, wait a minute. If you want coffee, how come you move coffee? Because coffee is caffeine. There are people like that. They are in church, Christian church, but they're not Christ. I call them the Christianized Christians. They have removed Christ in control of their lives. And they still want to be Christians, like the caffeinated coffee. Coffee without coffee. So you need to understand that if that is your view, you end up in sex. Because Christ is not in control of your life. Remember, you don't live like yesterday on your own power. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the presence of Christ in your life that gives you the ability to say no to sin. So if he is not in control, there's going to be trouble. The other thing I think that is causing this is something they are calling safe sex. <laughs> you know, we are not having dangerous sex. We are having safe sex. It doesn't exist. Sex outside marriage can never be saved. Why? If it is going to put you in hell, 
which is a greater danger, HIV or hell. Most people are so worried about HIV that they feel like as long as they can't get HIV, I'm okay. You know, if you get HIV, you will die earlier than me or earlier than say, your friend. But the truth is, we are all going to die. Am I right? And I'm not suggesting you try it, but I'm just telling you the truth. The real reason why we live like just life is because this life is short. Heaven is forever. Am I right? So you need to understand to ask yourself, is it worth it? That I have sex for three minutes, I don't know what wrong with things, but I have sex for three minutes and I go to hell for eternity. Does it make sense? So that's what you need to ask, ask, ask yourself. So safe sex is a misnomer. Because any sex that does not, that's outside God's dictates, and God dictates, have sex for pleasure or procreation only with the person you are committed with for life. Nobody else. So, in fact, the room, any other will, be, will put you to hell. But let me mention this. I'll try to repeat it in the answer of this. Cordon reduce the chances of getting HIV, reduce the chances of getting pregnant. The word is, they don't eliminate, they only reduce. You know, it's like playing what is called Russian or right. When you put a car, it has five holes, you put all a bullet only in one hole. So if I aim the gun at you, they are only 80%, they are 80% you cannot can shoot you. They are blacks. But since I'm not in control, when I shoot, the bullet can come out or not. But the chances are that the bullet will come out only 20%. Since there are five holes, so the chances are just 20%. Let me ask you the question. If you are a father, and you are playing a game with your son, and you have put a bullet, and he is over there, will you try to shoot your son as a dog? And anyway, if you shoot, if you aim, there are only 20% chance <laughs> that he is going to die. Will you still try? Tell me, will you try? And it's the same thing with Some go to 90%, but let's give it 80%. If you have sex with what they call protected sex, it reduces the chance of you getting HIV by 80%. But still it's 10 to 20% chance you will still get HIV. And up to now, HIV is not curable. But, but you know, the chances are low. I'm wearing a cordon. Now, yeah, no, I agree. But if you cannot shoot the gun to your son when it is 20% only, how would you cheat yourself that wearing cordons helps when it does not eliminate the chance? I'm not going to get it. So you need to understand that idea of safe sex has made the many Christians end up in sex because they feel protected. But you know the real problem is this person is not thinking about God, is thinking about HIV and pregnancy. The moment there are Christians who walk in the fear of God, the issue of pregnancy is secondary. After all, pregnancy is not a sin. Just go up, go to the scriptures that God said in uh, the 1960s. At least up from 1968, I've read my Bible consistently. I don't know how many times I've gone to do the Bible from cover to cover. Out of, I did my cake in 1967, and it's only when I entered high school that I started understanding how to read the Bible in 1968. So I've read the Bible from, for the last 50, more than 55 years. I have never seen anyone 
where the Bible condemns pregnancy. So my sister will get pregnant. Once you test and it's pregnant, start by saying, Hallelujah, God is good to me. I'm going to get a baby. Then I'll say, But by the way, I also go to hell. Now, do you need to understand? <laughs> you need to understand there is nothing wrong with the pregnancy. What is wrong with what you did to get the pregnancy? Am I going to make it? No, some churches condemn people that are pregnant as if they have done something worse. Not at the time, in the same youth group, are girls who are using family planning gadgets. They don't get pregnant. You know you can cheat your church, but the Lord knows the reason why you don't get pregnant is because you are using gadgets. And those gadgets don't cheat God. Do they cheat God? No. So a girl who is sexually acting and the other one who gets pregnant are equally guilty before the Lord. Pregnancy is not a sin. You should never try to kill your baby to a both because of no, no. But you see, this lack of teaching can be a problem. Another doctor friend of mine told me how she was approached by a senior sister in the law. And she was told, I thought, I'm coming to you that time because you can understand. Both of you and me are sisters in the law. And I have gotten pregnant and I'm not married. And you know it's going to bring shame on the name of the Lord. So I want you to help me to, uh, to, to, uh, to, to get an abortion. To protect God's name. Which name are you protecting? Can you imagine this a Christian woman wanting to protect God's name? Not by keeping holy, but by acting now, becoming a mother. In other words, originally she was simply going to hell for immorality. Now she is going to hell for murder. Sure, why do you want to graduate into murder? I'm not going to get it. So you need to understand that this lack of understanding is part of the reason why we are in that. And please understand. The moment pleasure drives you, I'm repeating myself, you start pressure with a girl. Then sometimes you sit with a boy and feel like, what about if I try it? Maybe it's even better with a boy than with a girl. But it all started because you are driven by pleasure. Now, you start with the pressure with a boy, my sister. Then after, because you are driven by pleasure, you say, but these lesbians, they are also human. In fact, some of them are lecturers. There's nothing wrong with them. I want to try. To look for a girl. Can we try? Where did it all begin? Being driven by pleasure. So do not start thinking that the people who are involved in LGBTQ are any worse than the ones that are immorality. All immorality is equally wrong. It begins by being driven by pleasure rather than by God. I'm thinking, I'm looking at my word. Um, you know, not to go beyond the time of the location. So I think it will be important that we understand that. Let me also say, I'm still asking the question, why is there so much sexual immorality including LGBTQ? Some of it is, people say, everybody is dreaming. In fact, the other day in a, in a seminar, somebody was giving a talk on the importance of cottons and said, let's all not pretend. Let's not pretend. Girls in the university level are sexually active. Don't sit here cheating us. One Christian girl in the seminar wanted to say, no, no, you can't put all of us together. Hey, look at pretenders. Now everyone laughed at her. It has come to the level that if you are sexually active, you are normal. If you are not sexually active, you are abnormal. That's the wrong name. You are actually supernormal. Now you need to understand, people who are sexually active before the wedding are fools. 
because they are risking HIV, they are risking, they are risking uh, pregnancy, but that's not the only thing. They are risking health. Is it very clever to risk health? No. But they are making the girls to have virgins to look up to them. So you need to understand that idea that everyone is doing it is part of the reason why there's so much immorality. We have we are originally we heard about homosexuals say, what? How can people do like that? But the other day, the president of America appointed homosexuals into the cabinet. Did you read it? So now in America, homosexuals are cabinet ministers. Slowly it mainstreaming it, making it look normal. Something wrong, even if everybody does it, because you'll be wrong. So do not allow the idea that, okay, but even, even, even the committed executive does it, even other people in the ministry do it. Now what's wrong with, well, I'm also normal. <laughs> so they are free to do it. No. If the Bible says it's wrong, it will be wrong. Even if the whole CEO in this university does it, it will still be wrong. You know, they say democracy is a very interesting thing. Democracy tests morality. When you are elected president, you are not elected because you are a good man or the best man. You are elected because you are the most popular. In democracy, they don't choose by That's why in courts, in courts of in courts of law, they don't go by numbers. You know, you know, you want to say, were well, these elections won or lost? Instead of looking at the facts, you look at you look at the IEBC. Four against three. Now, the, the, the truth does not go with the issue of majority. It goes with the evidence. Am I communicating? So similarly, you need to understand. What's right and wrong is not based on everybody is doing it. No. The majority can say you have won. In the facts I guess you have failed, a good court will still say you have failed. I need to understand that. Don't start doing things because others are doing it. You want what the scriptures say. And that's why you need to understand even for, for you who have been years and for years living campus. Don't go to a pastor and because the pastor does it, you think it's okay because the pastor does it. No, it isn't. Let me give you an example of this culture. For example, you have a new culture where instead of talking to you, I tell you to talk to your neighbor. Have you seen that? Does it happen in this campus? Talk to your neighbor. I mean, it looks so foolish. You can't expect a whole university to be telling you. Because if I tell you to talk to a neighbor, it implies your neighbor is dead. Now, surely, unless it's something wrong with me, how did I verify your neighbor is dead? If your neighbor had me, why am I involving you in talking to him? But you know, somebody did it on TV, and then I started doing it, all of us ended up doing it. It is foolish. Even if everybody does it. If I want to talk to you, I talk to you. I don't tell you to tell your neighbor, tell yourself. Because if you tell your neighbor, you are not listening. Now, you think to be like the someone is for you are neighbor. I talk to you. That's why I'm addressing you. I'm not telling you. Now, I'm talking to you a culture. Where people do something foolish, truly now everybody is doing something foolish, and it's assumed to be okay. It's the same thing with sexual morality. We start doing things, and within no time, we all think it's okay to do it. First of all, I want you to do and I'm finishing. It is not true everybody is doing it. In many, many girls in the second but there are still girls in this campus who intend to go to the altar and the best gift they will give their husband is virginity. 
There are boys in this campus who are badges. Until I know a better word, who are badges. And they intend to donate a gift to their girlfriends on the day of the wedding. Called virginity. So don't start believing the devil when he says everybody is doing it. It's not true. Everybody is doing it. And that you are the only one not doing it is not true. They make you feel lost. You mean you are tempted and you have never had sex? And you are not That's what they really make you believe. My friend, there is nothing abnormal about not having sex and you marry at the age of 35 and you still enjoy sex. All variety shows you don't enjoy sex at 35 better if you did it as a video. So don't listen to foolish ideas. In a group of 40%, in a group, 40% of them may be virgins. But you cannot know that because in the discussion, every claims he is doing it. You know, boys are meeting, you know, it's wonderful. Now, so it makes you feel like even me, I'm done Because you don't want to look foolish. So everybody says, I'm not done Now, how are you holidays? It's wonderful. Did you get a chance? Now, you've just come from holidays. Yes, I think it's many times you are lying. But the truth is, it sounds out of order to say you are not yet done it. I'm not communicating. Remember, we answered the question how come the society is becoming so secondary more? And one of the things is pressure. Everybody is doing it. My sister, my brother, you are a child of God. You are unique. Walk righteously to heaven. Aware that if you delight the Lord, he will meet the desires of your heart. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, these are easy things to talk, difficult to practice. My prayer is what we have heard today from the scriptures and remembering how evil tested will help us to stay not to sin, not just sexual sin, but any sin, and walk in righteousness to live lives that will honor you and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.